Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. I'm excited to be here. And today, what is most important is Tennessee football because we've got the game coming up here very soon. And um, I want to tell you guys real quick before we get into talking about the football game, because this is the Housing Hour presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Um, we're thankful for the opportunity to come speak with you today. This um, show is co-produced um, here with Mark Griffith. He's our executive producer and co-host, and uh, we're thankful so much for him. He always sets up things for us and puts us in position to be successful, and that's why um, this show has been so great to us. Um, and also today in studio, we have Eric Ainge, um, who has a little show over here, the little clap, golf clap. Slow clapping for myself. One man wave. Yeah, that's right. Eric has sort of been our tennis. Um, expert, our, our guy who comes in, like we do with some of our other series, that gives us the insider's look and gives us a perspective on really what's going on with the team and gives us the insider's look. He did this at spring. Um, now we're doing it before the game coming up. Six days is where we are when we're recording this, but really, you're listening to this on Saturday, so it's just a couple of days away, regardless. Saturday, Sunday, yeah, two sleeps. Mm-hmm. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> two sleeps and then my Restless balls sleeps. play. Yeah. It'll be awesome. I mean, I can't, I can't wait, man. Let's first talk about the venue because it's going to be September 4th, Monday, 7 p.m. on ESPN. The venue, Mercedes Benz Stadium. I mean, they had guys working 24 7 to get this thing finished and it, it almost didn't get completed, as I understand it. No, they didn't. And I actually talked to a good friend of mine who's who played quarterback. During the Calvin Johnson era at Georgia Tech. Yeah. And he's running for some kind of Congress or some seat or of some kind of <laughs> political thing that I don't know enough about. <laughs> um, and then his friend, my my buddy, Tim Muir, owns a bunch of hotels. And they were down there because they're in the hotel business. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they're in. They're mm-hmm. in the hospitality business. And they were terrified even in June. Wow. Wow. Even in because yeah. that was I, hey, what's the update? Are we going to play there? He's like, they better stop mm. tearing down the Georgia Dome. Wow, because then it and they got been, it done. Credit them. I mean, that's yeah. Because then it would have been something like Ford Stadium instead of Mercedes Benz. But yeah, we, right. We have the Mercedes Benz. But I, I've just looked at pictures, and I, you know, of course, Florida State and Alabama are going to be playing there on Saturday, so they will christen, if you will. Now it's already been played in with the the Falcons, but it looks like the the most high tech fan experience that you've ever had with the digital scoreboards, the LED lights, the the rotating roof. It's amazing. But is the roof working? I thought the roof wasn't on. It's just a roof. It's not like it could collapse and just land on everyone in the stadium, you know? It's supposed to just a roof. If you look at the the videos, it opens completely and then it when it closes it makes the Mercedes-Benz seal, the 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 logo. Maybe they put the ability to open it up in the mortgage, but they didn't put Mm -hmm. the Close it back up clause. Right. There you go. There you go. You got a loan from the wrong bank. You know, wrong company. It would be awesome if that was Mortgage Investors Group Stadium. That's a future goal. We'll have it someday. Maybe, you know, Kentucky has named their stadium. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. Can you ever see Tennessee doing something like that? You know, I don't. Do they have anything on Rep Arena? Because I feel like Rep Arena 
to Kentucky is very similar to yeah. what Neyland is to us. Right. True. You have a much better chance at sponsoring out Thompson mm-hmm. Bowling Arena. Yeah. Well, because there's several, there's definitely several colleges, Kentucky football being one of them, that have sort of given the sponsoring rights to their stadium, which I thought was odd. I don't personally think it could ever happen at Tennessee unless it was a very high end brand. And with that came some sort of, uh, sorry, some sort of additional fan experience. Absolutely. And, and there's a ton of things that Neyland stadium has coming. If you guys have been following the, mm-hmm. the new construction, I mean, that's where I live in the, the North or the South end zone. So exactly. I'm, I'm waiting for that to be uh, Oh, row 12. Remodeled. Mark is a squatter in Neyland stadium for yes. four straight months. Yeah. And he played in the band. He played at the T I'm legacy. That's right. Exactly. That's awesome. And, and so, there's a lot of, of cool things happening. Of course, this time of year is my favorite. You know, having the ability to watch football, it makes everything so much better. And I tell you what, the one thing that I look at with the starting lineup for the Tennessee Vols, and Eric, you can probably tell me a little bit about this. I mean, they're pretty deep this year. I think they're, they're maybe as deep, probably deeper than they were last year. Um, they have a little bit more experience. They've got some really gritty players coming back. Hopefully, McKenzie. Hopefully, Tuttle will be um, will be healthy. Uh, talk to me a little bit of overview of what's going on. Yeah, and we have to get into this at some point. But superstitions. Mm. I'm sitting here with Mark's. Are these flashcards? Yeah, he's got flashcards. Mark with the start with the two deep on it, and <laughs> every player, and it's laminated. Are, it's laminated. It's on my uh, UT lanyard. I'm ready for the game. You're ready. Awesome. You're you're ready to go. Um, listen, this season's going to come down to the O and D line. We're deep on both of those spots. We need guys to step up, though. You know, it's time for some of the. And we, hey, they did last year. Mm-hmm. This time last year, we were saying it's time for Josh Malone to step up. It's time for Alvin Kamara to really be a game changer. Khalil McKenzie, Shy Tuttle, mm-hmm. Darren Kirkland. You know, half those guys got hurt. Kirkland's hurt, right, with a meniscus in his knee. That's yeah. That's what every. I, again, I'm not positive what it is, but you just hope when it's a meniscus for anybody that they can just go scope it real quick mm. and not have to repair it. Because if you have to repair it, then you're out a few months. Yeah. Well, and I which a, I don't think is the prognosis for him. But again, I don't know. Yeah, I had a friend of mine who actually had his, a torn meniscus right now. And he was walking on it, and I said, "By golly, if you can walk on it, we need Kirkland." Even uh, it just it just doesn't t- quite get. St- Arian Foster tore his meniscus in 2007 against mm. Cal, and he played the entire season. Mm, right, it depends on the severity. Mm-hmm, yeah, it was it was real minor. I had a still scope worthy, but it was close. Mm-hmm. Uh, tear my knee, my right knee, in spring football of my senior year. Mm. How'd I do it? You say stretching yeah right that's when i should have no just kidding. took the cleats off <laughs> and went and set them down over here been like guys three years and it's been a good run yeah well you still won the SEC Jim Bob, East, right yep still won the sec east still went to play lsu if you recall in the sec championship game nah, i don't think that's accurate <laughs> didn't you guys play it didn't you? <laughs> of course yeah i know because i was there and i actually saw you at lennox square or phipps plaza for at dinner when me and my friend went and you were a great Great Tennessee ambassador, and still are. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, great. One of our best ever. No, um, I, to I, come through. I appreciate it. Take a lot of pride in it, and it's, yeah. especially with companies like you guys. Yeah, big yeah. orange companies that have a presence all over the region, all over the state. It's very cool. Yeah. Well, you know what I like about Eric? Your reporting, your commentary is fair. 
Mm-hmm. It's fair. I, I hear so much hate in some other voices sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and and so so much exaggeration. Not everything can be that big of a deal. Right? It, it, right. I, like I look back, and that's just how we are now in our in our country. But I look back at when I was in school. If people knew half the stuff that they never knew, they'd freak out. Yeah. But then the stuff that they did know, they made a mountain out of a molehill. Right. So it's just it's t- it's a tough situation to and, be in. And also you have I mean, let's talk about in the second segment we'll get into a little bit more of the roster and talk more about the game and, and we have, you know, all all show to talk about that. But in the last remaining moments, Tennessee fans I mean, they really define what a fan is. It's, I mean, does not fan come from fanatic? Is that yeah, not? I think so, so. We are really. Would just, vernacular be the correct term? I don't. Yeah, I guess. I have no idea. We. <laughs> well, you got hurt stretching, so I don't <laughs> yeah. know if we can trust you. Credibility but, gone. <laughs> but I'm just saying we have such a, a, a fan base that they just take everything to the 10th degree. And it's, it shows up on game day. You know. it, it does, and I, I wish some of that would get toned down, and let's right. just get behind the team. And and I can't stand booing college players, eighteen yeah. year olds. I, I just I'm totally unless it's the them. other team and they're faking injuries to slow down. You're not you're not making laminated flashcards <laughs> with a UT lanyard if you're ready to go boo somebody, right? I mean, come on, let's, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and, and the other thing too, I, I tell you, with and I don't want to get into the Butch Jones question too much because personally, I think it's a over um, stated uh, sort of topic about whether he's on the hot seat or not. You know, the guy's done tremendous work for us and I'm not over here drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, I've got some of the Kool-Aid and I do bring it out occasionally, but I mean, he's done a great job. He's brought us back. He's brought the recruiting, the recruiting. I don't know that former did a better job. The kids love him too, man. The only guys that don't identify with Butch are the spoiled, rotten, prima donna kind. Mm-hmm. So you and him that type, got along together. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say eighteen eighteen year old uh, Angie would have got along with Butch. Thirty one year old, and I think that's why Steve Spurrier got out of the business because he mentioned that when he resigned. Randy Sanders has mentioned it to me. A lot of guys have mm. mentioned. I mean, that's just the reason that all these old school coaches got into coaching was not financially driven. They mm. weren't getting paid that much money back in the. 70s 80s even early 90s right Cutcliffe right. only made like three or four hundred thousand dollars my, right. my senior year being the coordinator now that you'd be the cheapest guy on the staff he only made four hundred thousand dollars i'm just kidding what I mean, a loser <laughs> <laughs> i mean let's put it in perspective but i mean we're talking about supply and demand and what his skill set was i mean this is a guy in david Cutcliffe who was to be the next notre dame offensive coordinator um, but decided not to do it. I believe I may be mistaken about that, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, but a tremendous talent in mind and really, I think, helped you with with your career tremendously, Eric. Absolutely. So we're going to continue this conversation with Eric Ainge, VFL, right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. 
Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thankful to have the opportunity to talk with you today. The show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com, 1-800-489-8910. Thank you guys for giving us the uh, chance to speak out today. And we're talking about Tennessee football. Um, Our show is a community show, and we talk about things that are important to our community and what could be more important than the Tennessee game on Monday. Um, certainly, uh, it's a big event and we're, we're excited about it. And we have experts who come in and give us their, their, their sort of give us the analysis on certain topics. And last year, for instance, we had a lot of shows on energy and other different things. And we ha- had the most, uh, well schooled individual to talk about that. And when you talk about Tennessee football, who do you bring in? But you bring in Eric Ainge, the guy who knows it all. That's right. The crowd goes semi-wild. <laughs> the guy who injures himself stretching. Literally. I mean, it's the, it's the worst. <laughs> but seriously, Eric's got a show, of course, on the sister station, uh, the sports uh, the sports show, 9 to 12. Um, the, I don't know why. You were going to say sports animal, sports but animal. technically it's not. No. Call it sports. Everyone calls it the sports but animal. But it's WNML. Sports radio, WNML. There you go. So I was wrong, and you were right as, as normal. Um, so he's got a show, Monday through Friday, 9 to 12. You can listen to it on 99.1 if you're in the area and they have a very good reach, or you can listen on the app. You can go to your, your, what, where do they find you on the app? Do they find the store? Sports radio. Yeah. Just type in sports radio, W N M L. Okay. And you can go, we also have the links from our website and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So you can podcast, you can type in the Eric Gaines show podcast on Google Mm -hmm. and it'll pull it right up there. Anytime we do any interviews with like today, we had David green on from Georgia Mm, to preview. That's cool. uh, The Georgia bulldogs. And I for sure brought up the 2004. (laughs) Yeah. Georgia game. Oh, it was my uh, first road game, and we beat you. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So, it, it, and I was at the airport. I was at the airport when you got back. As a matter of fact, I think I've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Before. So um, that's great, and I think the the show just to give a quick plug for it is is very intelligent and funny and topical. I think that you guys do a great job balancing because when you're talking about sports, you have to balance what's going on right now in sports. While at the same time, you, you know, also talk about other things. And I like that. There's some, there's some funny things that happen. Yeah, funny. Brian is a great co-host. Um, and so I just love the show. So you guys should check it out. It's definitely worth your time. And I learned a term from Eric Ainge on that show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yes, it was a butt fumble. Uh, I never heard a butt of fumble. Before. Really? You, you said that on air once. It's a butt fumble. Well, it was the Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I, I, can't I can't take credit for the butt fumble. Now, were you on the sidelines during that game? No. Okay. No, that was like a couple of years after you left. Um, yeah, that was a that was a and that definitely... wasn't even a football play. This was just him misspeaking on air. Oh well, that was what they called. That's what they dubbed the the, the fumble. Oh no, Angel's so butt fumbled. Yeah. You're talking about the uh, the fumble ruski? No, no, no. There's a play that happened in the NFL in the playoffs. Mark oh, Sanchez right. and they dubbed it the butt fumble, and it was that. Am that, I correct? That, that was it. And that was the butt fumble. Yeah, the there's only one butt fumble. You're right, and it was Mark Sanchez. Two, two now. Yeah, yeah me on the air. Yeah, <laughs> welcome back to the Casey Clawson Show on Sports Radio WMA. <laughs> I love it. So, do you know what people are predicting out there? What did David Green did he, he did you get his? his I idea? didn't get his official prediction, but right. I brought it up to him. Brian Rice and I were talking about this. We've been talking about it really for the last week leading up to the game. Mm-hmm. On, you know, on Labor Day, Tennessee has not beaten Florida and Georgia in the same year. Yeah, back to back seasons ever. 
Wow. It's never happened. Mm. Yeah, we've beat them. Yeah, 2004, we beat both of them. Last year, we beat both of them. 98, obviously. Mm -hmm. But in 99, we didn't. Right, yeah. 99 was probably a more talented team, maybe. So it's since the... It really felt good going into the season. Since divisional play... Yeah, well, and honestly, that played into my prediction. Mm-hmm. Now, again, really? streaks are made to be broken, right? I mean, we watched 38 unanswered against Florida last year in Neyland to, to break that 11-year curse to the jail gators down there in Gainesville. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I had to pick us to lose to either Florida or Georgia, and I made us, you know, we were, we are 9-3. and three. Normally, Kevin knows this. I've been this way forever. I'm a 10-2 and two guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a 10 and 2 guy. Right now, Alabama definitely is a cut above. They're doing something that's never been done in college football, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then LSU is going to be an interesting one. I don't know how far, mm. like, how good they're going to be. They got a great running back, right? I mean, they have some good players on their What's team. What's wrong? You want to come over here? Yeah. You hey, I got a Hummer. You got a Hummer. Everybody needs a Hummer. <laughs> Tell them about it, JoJo. Yeah. What a recruiter, though, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, and so, yes, yeah, so you, you, the season's going to be interesting because you have a lot going on. I mean, normally we take the gas off when we get into November, and now we have, you know, the LSU game. And I don't even know what the date of that game is, but I know it's late in the year, later in the year. Then we're normally accustomed to playing a top maybe 15 team, and I don't even know where LSU is. But if they can do what they need to do, they have the talent, certainly. Um, Les Miles didn't leave the cover bare by any stretch a couple of years. No, 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 no. I mean, it was pretty full. Um, so the game, the line right now, I guess, is that Tennessee's favored by three points That for this first game. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. Yeah. Three to four, depending so, on what's being bet. Georgia Tech is was 4-0 and against SEC teams last year. Mm-hmm. Or 3-0, and I can't remember. I don't know, but it's not going to make a difference. We're going to lay the wood okay. to the Yellow Jackets, and we're going to wear them out. I really believe that... What's it? Four points? Three, four points? Three, three points. I mean, that's easy. I would take the win and mm-hmm. the points for sure, and I would bet on the Vols if that's something I did, which yeah. I don't. Um, cut, cut this out um, yeah. later, and let's re- we'll put it on repeat. Yeah, right. <laughs> Loop it. They, uh, but it, honestly, man, I think our offense will do very well against them. Yeah. They'll move the ball between the 20s. It'll be kind of like App State was last year, mm-hmm. except we won't ourselves have a hard time punching the ball in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Do you think our, our defensive line with our tackles can stop that, you know, the option coming up the middle? You think we can Physi- stop that? Physically, absolutely. And this this game sets up perfect for Colton Jumper to step in for the injured Darren Kirkland Jr. It's a discipline, mental toughness, physical toughness, endurance game. Just he really And that is what he right. is. Yeah. I mean that's you know he's gotten better too. I, I don't like when people crush Colton Jumper. It's funny for a tagline, you know, punchline every once in a while. But this is the volunteer state, right? Mm-hmm. We're the Tennessee volunteers. And this guy was a walk on. Right. Yeah. And he's just been so darn smart and all the intangibles that he has that make him special. Now he's he's a late bloomer, man. I mean that's a I mean, that's, player that's, that's, that's two stars that you can coach up to four. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well and now if you recruited him as he was as a junior in college some guys just mature later. Right. You know, he's like, he like he fills out his uniform now. He looks like a big SEC linebacker and he can run. So, I mean, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I feel good about it. If we were playing like a 2013 Oregon, oh. no, I wouldn't want Gosh. Colton Jumper out there in space trying to guard wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
But for the most part, yeah, exactly. Well, and I'm looking at the the starting lineup, and I'm, this may have changed, but you know, you've got some real real depth and experience, but you also have some talented kids. I mean, Tyler Bird, in my opinion, is probably the most underrated wide receiver in the SEC. He's going to he's going to be awesome. And in, in last year, when he had the ball in space, there was nobody that could stay with him. Nobody, I promise you that. Now, he didn't do so good on the kickoff returns. It's a different type of run. It, you, the vision you possess, he could be good at it if he had more practice, but would you agree he didn't do great on the kickoff returns? It's a, it's a real thing, yeah, and I don't think he was like planning necessarily right. to be that guy. Obviously, Evan Berry uh, going down with the knee injury. You brought it up. Different kind of vision. It's no different for quarterback. I can remember specific times, really every time I ever tried to do it, uh, which was run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been uh, on my radio show referred to by a listener as Ainge looked like he was a folding lawn chair falling out of the back <laughs> of a pickup truck. Every time he would, I was like, that's pretty clever and not all that inaccurate. Yeah. But when I'd be in the pocket, seeing things, seeing pressure, clean pocket, the game was like in slow motion. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the defensive tackle would beat the guard, and I'd be like, oh, n- you know, oh, <laughs> no. It's still and slow then, motion. <laughs> no, and even if I got away from him, it was like someone was fast forwarding through the commercials. Yeah. You know, when you, rec- you record your favorite TV show. Right. Right. Uh, 32 times X, 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 X. I mean, and it wouldn't see it. Guy hit me in the ear hole, mm. take out my knee. I'm like, that guy came out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> no, he had a 20 yard head start running right at. I mean, it's, it's crazy yeah. if it's not what you're comfortable in. And on the flip side, you could see how that would be really stressful for a quarterback that was a runner all mm. the time in high school. Yeah. And then they get there to college and they have to stand back there and see and they can't. Yeah. And when Tyler Bird go, went to that position, it's exactly like what you mentioned. I mean, you're used to, you're not going to be obviously a runner in college. That's not, wasn't your style of play. And Tyler Bird, I mean, he could do it. And Evan Berry, is he a hundred percent healthy? Cause he's, he's not even on this. I mean, I don't think he's even starting right now. I think they have Nigel Warrior in that ooh, starting ooh, position, ooh. right? We have we have a good problem on our hands with yeah. Nigel Warrior, Micah Abernathy, and Todd Kelly Jr. Mm-hmm. We have three guys. Yep, we have three guys for two spots, which means they're all going to play. Mm-hmm. They're going to play a lot. They're all going to be very involved in game planning and preparation and all that kind of stuff. And we have a little bit of. We actually have some depth. How about that? We have three mm-hmm. starting caliber safeties yeah. on the team right now and and right Dale now. and buchanan i think might might have something too special i don't know absolutely i mean his dad did something pretty good didn't he in the nfl we'll talk about that on the right. end of this uh, commercial break thank you for joining the housing hour we'll be right back after these messages Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. This is Kevin Ray. We're helping you understand what's going on with the Tennessee Vols here with Eric Ainge. Also, Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. This show is brought to you by Mortgage Investors Group, MIGonline.com. Love for you to go there and check us out. Um, we're talking about the Tennessee game coming up on September 4th at Mercedes Stadium. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic venue. I'm excited to go be there with my dad. 
um, and Chad. And Eric's not making the trip with us. No, I'm not making the trip. <laughs> but anyway, touchy, um, touchy subject. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we're just excited about it. And, you know, we've, we're doing the RV again. So that we're, like we're going to go down. We're, we're just going to have a good time. We're going to, you know, we're going to have some good seats. We got some, it's going to be a great atmosphere. The tailgating is going to be awesome. Now, we'll say this some of that rain and our prayers are certainly with those folks in Houston is coming in our direction. When it actually arrives, we don't know how that's going to look. And that's why I was asking about the roof. Yeah. The roof will close and it may be tested certainly, but um, but let's jump back in. Um, We were talking about the depth chart and I know that you talk about this for three hours every day and you just got done talking about it, but we appreciate your time because this is so cool for us and having the ability to kind of look into, because you're also sort of, one of the guys who's an insider. You you talked. I was to- I was over there yesterday. And let me give you a good insider yeah. story, please. Yeah. Okay, so I had to get some Tennessee football signed by Butch Jones for my kids. Silent whatever, right? right? I mean, just right. hey, go do this, go do this. So I'm over there, and Coach walks up. And he starts talking to me, hanging out. You know, how's how's the show? How's life? Mm-hmm. It's all good. And I was like, man, well, I feel like there for a while, my job became a. Uh, Defending you and Colton Jumper, mm. you know, it's like, it's like, like the checks in the mail from Butch and Colton Jumper, right. which is not the case. But I just, I feel compelled sometimes to, you know, mm-hmm. stick up for people if I think they're getting bad treatment publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, but but their proof is in the pudding. Just real quick, Derek Dooley, you you called it the way it was mm-hmm. if it, when you were well, and, when and, you were publicly and, and I and I, be, and I believe this about Butch Jones I, and I. It's the same things that I say to you off the air, but he goes, Hey, and he told me he had to learn the hard way, but just because the loud few are by far the loudest Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you can internalize that and take all of that as negativity Mm. because the people that are for the most part that are spending money. Oh, that was Butch. I was (laughs) paraphrasing Butch, but you know, he was like, you know, can't get lost in the. If there's right. three people that call in and want to talk about that, and then 15 people that want to call in and talk about how great right. we're going to be and they're excited, and that doesn't include the million people that are just excited for college football, and that's right. not what they do. People, I think, tend to go off the deep end and on social media, take it so. Oh yeah, it's it's just ridiculous, and they take it so personal, and they they really re, you know react in a way that's that's very immature, frankly. And you know, for those folks who do that, just think it through. You know, we this is not you know life or death. Now, certainly, I'm I am passionate. And I will, I will, you know, I throw my channel changer and I've broke some stuff, you know, in the Florida year, even when we lost to Florida, but you know, take it, take it with a grain of salt. It's just, these are kids and I believe they're doing the best they can. Um, but back to, so that's, that's good information. I'm glad that Butch has a solid. Oh, I didn't even, I'm so ADD. Yeah. I didn't even tell the, the oh, yeah. real significant. So I didn't I know where the away. insider, I knew there was, he insider. was, he was calm, collected. And he looked extremely confident. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's my takeaway, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I didn't right. say, "Hey, are you calm, collected, and extremely confident?" Right. But you know how you can tell when someone walks in a room. And I've seen hyper butch. I've seen stressed out butch. Mm-hmm. I've seen no one can tell me anything because we're whooping everybody's butt, butch. Mm-hmm. And he just cares so much that he himself has been on. And I, it'd be cool to get him to talk about this at some point. But he himself has been on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, from taking the job and then getting to where we got going into last year. And now 
punching the clock and going right back at it again. Yeah. I mean, it's. Well, it, isn't it hard to find that balance? Because last year, wasn't he accused of pushing too hard or over. Having too much control. Right. Needs to loosen the reins or whatever. Right, right, right. I don't, I really don't think that he, and I always said this, but I don't think he did. I think mm-hmm. Mike DeBoard, for the most part, called what he wanted to. I don't think so. And, mm-hmm. and Bob Shoup. For the most part, Mark knows called, more than you. Well, I mean, he does have laminated passes. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, um, I know it. But my point is, I think in the, your second year with a coordinator, like how much better were we on offense last year than we were the year before? Hey, we were great the year before. Mm-hmm, that's true. But we were record setting, but we had a first year coordinator, Bob Shoup. Mm-hmm. And like, a lot of injuries. And yeah. a lot of, exactly. And, but it'd be easier if the players that were backups that weren't getting reps all year long when they did come back in for an injured player, if it's the same system they've been running for two years. Yeah. Because yeah. then, because you can't, I don't care how fast you are. If you're Nigel warrior last year and you're running four, three, nine, the wrong way, mm. you're just running right. the wrong way faster. Right. That's right. So exactly. you have to know, again, I always tell young guys playing the game that want to play football, compete in the playbook before you, mm even try to compete on the field yeah you gotta be able which to win is what, like the josh dobbs when he went to pittsburgh there was that comment about him really getting into the playbook and you know and that's the legacy he left i think some of these players was that you have to do your job and you have to do it good you, you don't just gonna i mean these these guys are getting mentally prepared but also understanding what the schemes are and what their response what their responsibility is and like you said you can run a four three nine forty going the wrong way but it's not going to do anything it's not going to be anything positive i know you have a question but um don't let me forget i want to talk about nigel warrior go ahead what, what was your i was question? wanting to ask about wiggins uh-huh. Transfer from uh, Louisville. What what's his story? Why did he transfer? But you know, what's the quick version? I of think where he is again. Yeah. I could be wrong. I think he started at Georgia. He did, and then went and followed the defensive coordinator to. That's why. Yeah, to Louisville. Yeah, you're right. And then from Louisville, wow. he decided. Now, what am I going to do? I think he was hurt a little bit last year. I think he kind of lost his job, even if it was due to injury. And the next guy that came in, just if he's good, you don't want to well, take he, him out of the game. He's on the starting roster for us. He, 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 well, I, mean, I don't. I don't know what his deal is. Well, I don't know how. According great, to this site, he's he's the first player, but that could be wrong. I, you know, they've been saying all training camp long that we're still looking for that third guy. We're still looking for the third guy, Emmanuel Mosley mm-hmm. and Justin Martin. Mm-hmm. Marquill Osborne. Hey, Mark, those, what is your laminated? He's, those, he's not on the first well, team the, on my okay. flip cards. Those guys with Charlton Warren, I think, could be extremely good corners in the mm-hmm. Southeastern Conference. Yeah. I mean, I think with Wiggins, that was a huge blessing for us because we needed an impact player because we that's the one position over there at cornerback where you really had some depth issues potentially because you had, of course, one of the best SEC cornerbacks last year um, leave to the NFL. So you had to fill that. And having him come with with senior-level experience, and you know you can talk about going from – this is his third school that he's played for. Yeah, I know. Shaq Wiggins. Um, but I think he's going to really bring some some great stability at that position. I'll tell you the guy I'm the, the most excited about for this season, obviously besides the QBs, duh, right? Right. Um, Rashawn Galden out of Nashville. I think Rashawn Galden. Okay. I think Rashawn Galden last year as a full-time starter from the beginning of the year to the end of the year made more progress than anyone on the field. Mm -hmm. He he's been a headhunter since high school 
I think he played with Derek Barnett. Really? In high school. Like, that's how they found him. Hey, everyone would have found him anyway. I mean, he's a big guy, too. I mean, he's, well, he's 6'1", 185. I mean, he's a nickelback. I mean, he plays defensive back. But, I mean, he, he, he almost is, I mean, he's a big individual that could, could play a, almost a couple of positions, couldn't he? Yeah, he for sure could. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he might be one of the four, three linebackers against the I'm triple thinking. option, you know, Georgia Tech team. Or if we have a couple injuries at safety or something and we have to stick him back there and put, one of the young bucks in there at the nickel spot. The nickel is a really, really hard position to play. You have to be like, some teams will bring in the third best corner to play. Mm-hmm. They'll have a nickel sub, we call it sub passing package and a rundown package. So mm-hmm. if a team plays spread, but on first and 10, they're probably hand, handing the ball off. Mm-hmm. Then you have to have a guy that can go fight that slot receiver for leverage mm-hmm. and then still go make a tackle. Right. It's I mean it's a tough, a tough it's a tough thing to do. And they also have to and this is something that you could speak to in the remaining moments as a defensive player your your assignment is not just to execute the play but also to disguise what you're doing. You have to be good at executing the play that was called but also you can't give away the play by by sort of showing your cards and some people are better than others al wilson was really good at that like he would show he would show that he was coming on a blitz and he would drop back and, and break up a pass you know or he would be showing that he was a blitz he'd really be blitzing but well, you and just that's, wouldn't know. that's one of the things that you get with experience maturity right reps just simple reps having the opportunity to go and do that because what they're doing more often than not is they'll walk the Mike or Will linebacker up, mm-hmm. we call it's if they're head up on an O lineman, we call it mugging. Mm. I mean, right? You're, you're, you look like you're mugging him. You're because they're down in a stance and you're standing right over top of them. That was a, a new Keith Richardson play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, and a, a Jansen Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the lineman to go. All right, we're supposed to go to this side, but we need to block that side. So hey guys, Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. And then he drops out, and they bring pressure from the other side. That's the game that they're playing all the time. And I think our guys in our second year, let's not forget, Bob Shoup is a blitz, blitz, and blitz some more and play aggressive defense. And I'm excited to see what we can be. Well, that's Eric Ainge, and he's dropping off. But we want to thank him for coming in and definitely appreciate his time. We'll be right back after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, this is Kevin Ray. Thank you for joining us. We're here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host, and also Kevin Ray, Sports Talk Analyst of the Year. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm I'm just excited to be talking Tennessee football. It's awesome. We love Tennessee football, and it's uh, gearing up. We're all getting ready for Monday, September 4th at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Of course, you've got the Tennessee Volunteers going up against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and uh, Georgia Tech played against the SEC very well last year i know eric sort of uh discounted their play last year but um and suggested that tennessee was going to run over them and i hope that's the case certainly for the ride home um for those that are going but um and it's also going to be a late game at seven o'clock won't be over probably till you know 11 or 12 so you'd have a, you're going to have a lot of sad fans but it would be nicer for the georgia tech fans if they just have to drive uh, a couple of miles sure. rather than the tennessee fans and i wonder mark in your opinion whether or not 
Um, I don't think there's going to be a home field advantage. Do you? Because for, the, for Georgia, Georgia Tech. Yeah, I think there will be. I mean, because Tennessee travels very well. They that, travel great. It's yeah. an easy, it's a, but I think there will be uh, more Georgia Tech fans there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I think, I think you're wrong. I hope you're wrong, but are you going to the game? No. Can I take your laminate to pass with me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that is pretty cool though. We make fun of it, but it's actually awesome. Um, but what do you think, Mark? Cause one of the things that I was going to ask Eric about, and why don't you play Eric for this moment? Okay, I have um, to turn sideways. When you get into a game, and I know you know football, Dr. Simpson and you have figured it mm-hmm. all out. You all knew what was going wrong. I remember yes. I sat in between you two, you poor people, <laughs> at the Georgia game a couple of years ago, and you guys were laying out for me just everything that we were doing wrong. I mean, you were so smart. Dr. Simpson he is real good. He's very, we ought to have him come on and talk yeah, about football. We do. But anyway, what do you think? the split will be with Dormandy and Garantano. I mean, I know what I think it should be, but what do you think would be an appropriate amount of snaps for Garantano, his freshman, or his, you know, he's a redshirt freshman, but what do you, what, what, how many snaps do you think he should be able to take? In the first game? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I, I think it will be, I think we'll see him in the first quarter. Mm, I do, too. I think we'll see first series with Dormandy, second series with, with if you remember when Eric Ainge was a freshman, oh, there's there's Eric. I guess he's got my T-shirts that he promised me about ten years ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, thank you, Eric. Um, but when Eric was here, when as a freshman, him and Brett Schaefer, if you recall, mm-hmm. Brett Schaefer, um, they split time in that those initial games. If you remember, um, you know, Brett Schaefer was a scrambler. He he wasn't so much a passer. He did have a gun. He could throw it. Um, but Eric was that drop back quarterback. He was very precise. He was not a runner. So you had two sort of differing types of quarterbacks. And what people need to understand about our current quarterbacks is that they're a lot more similar than what you think. Mm-hmm. Some people think Garantano because he has that build and he has his highlight reel has some scrambles, but he's really like Eric has mentioned to me. He's a, he's first a drop back passer. That's right. And he's looking, he's looking to go through his progressions. Um, and so is Dormandy. That's what his style is. Now, Dormandy can take the ball and run with it better than uh, probably any quarterback that we've had since, I'd say. Well, I mean, Josh Dobbs, we're taking him out of the equation. Yeah, take him out. He's out of the equation. But before that, it would probably be Heath Schuler type of runner. Maybe there was another one in there, Brett Schaefer, I guess. But um, he's got the good ability to scramble. He's much better than Worley. For instance, this is Dormandy's not Worley, okay? Right. Nor is Garantano. Much upgrade on the scrambling ability, which was for our offensive style. When we're doing, when we're doing the type of offense that we run and faking that handoff, it's going to keep people honest, just like Josh Dobbs was able to do. Right. So I think that's going to be good as well. Um, so, what number of snaps do you think he should be able to take? Because we never got that answer from you. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, what do you, I, I, I really honestly I didn't think of it in terms of snaps. I'm thinking of it in shared shared play because I think mm-hmm. these guys are interchangeable as far as running the offense. I really do. I think their their uh, their skill set are, are almost identical. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, Garantano has a stronger arm, longer arm, mm-hmm. but Dormandy has more accurate one. And mm-hmm. I think they both can run about equally. Maybe Garantano late, maybe a little bit more. So I think what we're going to see is equal share time. I think where it comes down to is when we get into the SEC games, I think that's where you're going to see a little bit more pressure 
on uh, Jones to to go with one guy to mm-hmm. get continuity in the offense. And that's the other I thing, Ke- Kevin. If the offensive line isn't performing well and really getting it done as a cohesive unit mm-hmm. and, and we're opening up holes, you're going to see a lot, little bit different um, stress level mm-hmm. on the sidelines. Well, and you're right. And so last year, Dobbs had 357 attempts at uh, passing, um, which he was a 63% completion percentage. Um, he had 27 touchdowns and only 12 interceptions with 150 rating. That's a good year for a quarterback. Um, he had some great games. He had two bad games. That's what it came down to. But then you look at the number of rushes that he had. I mean, he by far had more rushes than anybody else on the team. But you know where it comes down to me? It's third and long. Mm-hmm. If you're at third and long, I always felt like, oh, my goodness, I don't really know if Dobbs can get this done. Mm, right. And so with, with Dormy. Threading the needle wasn't his strong the, suit. No. You know, putting it in there between two defenders, I don't. I just don't. I, I, that's what I think you get with Dormady, and I think you get with Garantano. But I really believe Dormady is going to be your guy on the third and long. Yeah, and I think you're right. You make a good point. Drew Richmond, Jack Jones, you know, we also have the, the freshman. Um, for some reason, his name escapes me. Uh, let's see. Uh, Trey Smith, of course, um, number one recruit for sure, uh, according to ESPN. He's going to start as a freshman, likely. And then you have Deshaun Robertson. Now, with Drew Richmond, I I understand um, that he might not be playing against Georgia Tech. Um, so you may have him fall off, but, but that's going to be a key that, that those roles are going to be so important because no matter who starts at quarterback, they're going to be first time starters. That's right. But I'm going to tell you somebody who I think we should watch mm-hmm. in the backfield. I know John Kelly's going to be great, but he can't run every single play. He's got to get a breather. Right. I think it's going to be this Chandler kid coming in. Mm, see, I, we haven't even talked about him. And I think, I think from what I hear, mm. this guy is the real deal. Now you're right. I had forgotten about him. Yeah. Is he a, a Juco? Is he a Juco or is he an no, actual? No, he's, he's going to be a freshman. He's a freshman. Well, how many stars did he have? Four? He was four. Four star, yeah. according to, is that just a composite? Okay. Well, you're right because you have the only other running back that has experience in this current roster is Carlin Phil's aim, which, which is very good. little. He's good, but he doesn't have a ton of experience. For some reason, I feel like he's going to go play for the Dolphins. I don't know why. It's his name or something. I see him playing for the Dolphins. Um, but I think that John Kelly, of course, is going to get a lion's share of the carries. You're going to have a lot of carries from the quarterback position. Um, but back to my question about what, how many snaps, I, and I'll give you my opinion. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have Dormady come out in the first series of the game. Mm-hmm. we're going to probably lose the toss because of the, the coin flip. We always do. And then Georgia Tech is going to want to get the ball. So we're going to go on We're going to go on defense first. So when we go on defense, then we're going to be able to stop them, probably get maybe a three and I out. I hope so. I think that we'll be so jacked up and that stadium will be rocking so hard that I don't think that that, that triple option is going to work just right away. That takes a little time to oil up. Now, you can repeat this and put it on loop if you want. If I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be a three Roll and out. up is what I worry yeah. about. So, so then you're going to have Dormandy come in for the first series. I think he's going to drive him down and maybe score a touchdown, but I'm predicting that he, he has a field goal. He's going to have a nice drive. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a couple of nice throws, but he's going to have a stall. He's going to stall. He's going to be like third and six or something. He's going to miss a throw just from inexperience um, purposes. But then we're going to have a field goal. So we're going to make the field goal. It's going to be three to nothing. <laughs> but here's where I think it'll get interesting. I think Georgia Tech comes back out. I think they stall, but have a little better, a little better uh, effort. New quarterback. But I think. I think. I think they put Garantano in right there and yeah, give I him an so. opportunity. 
I might be completely wrong, but no, I, I think, think so. he comes I think in, he'll be in, the, in the second series. Now, I'd love to have heard Eric. Eric, what do you think about that? Uh, I know, Kevin, I, I think you're probably, you know, right. Uh, you know, he, I talked to Butch. He's a really nice guy. And well, that's a pretty good impression, actually. Um, so I think that's how it plays out. I don't know whether or not you put a freshman in if Georgia Tech does score in one of those two series. If if they're up 7-3, to 10-3, something like that, I don't know whether you can say, okay, um, Garantano, here's the ball. You've never played one single snap, but he is a fr- he's a redshirt freshman. We have to remember that. Right. He got to go through pregame. He got to go through the 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 setup. I mean, this is, he's not new to this environment. Right. I mean, he 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 was at Bristol. You know, he's been in big games before. He's not played any, but he's he's had the environment. I just don't know if you can give him the ball if we're down seven to three or ten to three in a non conference game. You're more likely to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. If it's Florida down to Florida, 10-3. no. I, you, you just don't know. Yeah. Well, we did put Peterman in against Florida. Well, yeah. But, and now he's an NFL you, quarterback. But if you remember the series of plays before we put Peterman in, I don't remember who there, was that. Um, it wasn't good. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what we needed to know. Well, guys, this has been an excellent, exciting show. Uh, definitely appreciate Eric coming in and sharing his thoughts. And Mark Griffith with CBS Sportsline. No, he's not at all. I'm joking about that. Um, but I am Kevin Ray. I'm your host. And we're just grateful to continue this Ball Nation series. Check us out on thehousinghour.com. And let's go down to Atlanta and make a great show of it. Um, appreciate everybody listening. And we'll definitely see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.